Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Growing up, guys, really, in the late 70s, early 80s, I can't remember a time when pro wrestling wasn't on TV. Okay, you guys know what I'm talking about? It was always on. Now listen, I was introduced to wrestling at our local junior high, right? The the local uh, wrestlers would come around or a tour would be going through and all of a sudden we'd, we'd be invited and we'd just be mesmerized as they're jumping in the ring and they're throwing people down and of course, man, I was hooked. I was hooked, and we would watch matches, right? We'd watch matches on TV, and I don't, I can't remember. It was a WWF, and it was all this stuff, but I remember watching it, and then we'd go outside. Come on, help me now. We'd go outside, and we would reenact what we saw, okay? You'd get your friends, and you'd put them in a, in a headlock, and you'd suplex them, and all that good stuff. I don't even know if I did that right, but it's been so long. But anyway, you go, Pastor, what's the point? No, well, keep going with me. Now, listen, listen. Um, pro wrestling was, was, and it still is very popular. You guys might even, might even watch it even, even now. I've, I've seen that on Friday nights and, um, I can still hear the announcer say those words, right? Let's get ready to rumble, rumble, right? It was, it was that. And of course, later on in my life, guys, I was in high school and I was on the school's wrestling team for a short time and, uh, it was not like the pros at all. Okay, that was like real wrestling. Like, I didn't get to suplex anybody or DDT, you know, our opponent, right? Uh, there were no drop kicks or figure four leg locks. I mean, this was literally wrestling, right? And, and it was like getting in, in any way. So I didn't, I didn't do very well in it. You know, it wasn't really my gig. But, but let me give you a spoiler alert, okay? When it comes to whether pro wrestling is real or it's entertainment, now, if you, if you don't want to know, cover your ears, okay? Okay, you ready? Spoiler alert, it's not real. Okay, good, good. All right, it's simply for entertainment. Now, the reason I tell you this story is because as I was preparing tonight's lesson, I realized that Jacob is wrestling with God. And I know that a lot of us have heard the story, yeah, Jacob wrestles with God, that's pretty cool. The Bible says a man and so forth, but you know what? I got to thinking about it. Now, I want you to put your thinking caps on for just a moment, okay? I got to thinking about Jacob wrestling with God, okay? And as I was thinking about it and praying about it, here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. Many Bible teachers, many commentators, they reference this portion of scripture from 22 to 32. And of course, most of the titles are Jacob wrestles with God. Jacob wrestles with God. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that observation. He does wrestle with God. Amen. We say that in the text. But what I want you to know in all my years of watching pro wrestling and even participating in the sport, the one thing that I conclude is it takes two to wrestle. You go, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, okay, think about it, guys. I've never seen a wrestling match where one person wrestles. Now, that would be silly, right? He always has an opponent. Can you imagine a one-person match, right? Come on, get I mean, it's just silly. You go, in all your years, you've never seen one person wrestle. It's always two. 
And the goal is always to pin and win, right? Boom, ding, you're done, let's go, let's move on to the next one. That's always been the goal, whether it's pro wrestling and you've got all the great names out there and, and you're a Hulk Hogan fan or you're, you're a more modern, whatever it might be, the goal is to pin your opponent. But there's always an opponent. And as we come to tonight's text, guys, I want us to look at it two ways. I want to dig a little bit deeper. I want to get in the scripture and I want to pull it out. Why? Because the first thing I want you to see is just Captain Obvious. You go, what's that? Jacob actually wrestles with God. In Genesis 32, we find that a man named Jacob who faced a lot of struggles as he grew to be the man God wanted him to be. Remember, he's going to wrestle with God. He leaves Right, He leaves his town in great disgrace. You guys remember that, right? He, you know, I mean, we, we can't go back. We don't have for the sake of time. But I'm certain that it had to be, basically, he had to basically sneak out of town in the night. He stole the blessing from his bro. He did it deceiving, right? Deceitfully. He stole the blessing. Mama freaks out, dad freaks out. Esau's like, you're dead. You're a dead man walking, homie. And he's got to go. He's got to go, okay? And so, and so he's, he's, just, he's just struggled. Esau is so mad at him that Jacob had to leave town just to survive, okay? He goes up. So Jacob is going to wrestle with God. He's going to wrestle with all the struggles. But, but the second point I want to see is, guys, is that God wrestles with Jacob. God wrestles with Jacob. You go, Pastor, I'm not sure what you're saying. Well, God is the opponent. God is wrestling with Jacob just as much as Jacob is wrestling with God. And to say that God wrestles with us, God struggles with us, we're actually saying that God is wrestling with us. God is going to go toe-to-toe with us, down to the dirt, rolling us, Pinning us, flipping us in some, some epic cosmic battle. And I want to pull that out just a little bit. Now, here's what I want you to see. The wrestling match is more epic than we can imagine. Why? Well, what is Jacob struggling with? What's his wrestle? Well, think about it, guys. For just a moment, he is a lot like us. Or should we say we're a lot like him? How so, Pastor? Well, again, his struggle is with issues. His struggle could be with life, life in general. His struggle could be, guys, with, with love. I mean, I mean, think about his struggle. Think about the struggles in his mind. Think about how he wanted to marry Rachel. Thump, 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 thump. I mean, here comes Leah. Oh, no. And then, and then all of that he has to deal with. Jacob just says, hey, man, uh, I'm going to go out to work. Y'all handle it, man. I, I just, I don't know what y'all are talking about. And they would fight. No, he needs to sleep with me tonight. No, he's my, all of that stuff. He's struggling with that. But, he, but he's also struggled with choices, choices that he made, decisions that he made. Isn't that not like us? Every day we struggle in our mind about some of the choices that we made, some of the decisions that we said. Was it a good choice? I don't know, God. Was it a bad choice? He's struggling with the fact that, well, he's afraid of his father-in-law slash uncle. He, he's afraid of him. Okay? Uh, well, think about it, right? He, 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 we'll get into that in just a moment, but he, he's afraid of Laban. He's also afraid of Esau. God is wrestling with Jacob as much as Jacob is wrestling with God, but what does God get out of this? Well, I believe that God is wrestling with Jacob to get him to grow, to heal his heart, 
to teach him to love and to have a walk that's different. See, think about this, guys. Think about this. We wrestle with a lot of things in our own mind. We overthink stuff. We wrestle. We, have, we, we, we do this. We, we wrestle. I'm going to show you this in Scripture. But then God begins to wrestle with us because he wants us to grow and he wants to, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stop, 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 stop. Wait a minute, Pastor. What do you mean God does that? Well, here's the thing, guys. Listen, there's a lot of things that we'll wrestle with, but the one thing I won't wrestle with is the tenderness of my heart that nobody sees. That area in my heart that, that, that's just been so wounded that nobody, I don't let anybody, lock and key, mm-mm, You see, but that's the place that God wants to get. Not because he wants to hurt me, but because he wants to heal me. And what do we do? I'm not going to let him. I'm not going to let him, mm-mm. And so we wrestle. And God goes, Ben, I'm going to wrestle with you because I want that place. I want so much more for you. And uh, excuse me, but you gave me your life. Yes, Lord, I gave you my life. Okay, well, let's go. Let's get ready to rumble. Well, hold on, Lord. That's, that's a very tender area of my life. You don't understand. No, I do understand, but I need and I want to heal it. And that's what I want us to see. Now, let me remind you of what we talked about last week, okay? I want to bring you up to speed. Okay, as a fully devoted follower of Christ. Now, why do I say that? Because there's a lot of people who are Christian in name only, and Christian in name only. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, Granddad was pastor, so and so was pastor, so and so. But, 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 being a Christian is so much more. You got to remember, it's being born again from from. The, it's just just so much more. So, as a fully devoted follower of Christ, can I get an amen? amen. It's been said that you are either coming into a trial. <laughs> You're in the middle of a trial, or you're just coming out of a trial. We talked about that last week, right? And in chapter 32, we discovered that a man like Jacob had nowhere to go but God. You go, Pastor, what did you just say? You, well, wait, wait a minute. Isn't, it, isn't the saying nowhere to, nowhere to go but up? Why would you say nowhere to go but God? Here's why. Listen, I want you to think about it. Nowhere to go but God is saying that up is not enough, that we need to run to God. Jacob had nowhere to go, and his only resource and his only help was God. You've heard that saying, right? Brother, you need to pull yourself, by your, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Come on, dig deep, gut check, all of these things. But see, that's just so self-sufficient. And really what we need, we need to get to the place where we go, Lord, I can't do this, but you can. And my strength, listen, my greatest strength lies in my weakness. We don't like to hear that. My greatest strength lies that I'm weak, that I can't do it. Yeah, but we're Texans, brother. We're, we're men. We were, we were taught. No, 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 no. Listen, here's the point where we go, God, please. I'm hurting. I'm broken. That's when that greatest strength comes in because it's his strength and not mine. Guys, that's what, that's what, that's what we're going to learn. That's, that's kind of what's happening, right? So, so Jacob had nowhere to go but God. But God, and if you recall, where was he? He was right in the middle of a trial. How so? His father-in-law, guys, slash uncle, had pursued him through the wilderness in the mountain and basically caught him in the mountains of Gilead. Now listen, I love my father-in-law, but he's never pursued me to try to kill me. Okay? I mean... Hopefully he won't hear the podcast, but nonetheless, you know, I mean, here, here's what I'm saying. I mean, he's a great man. We've had our, 
Listen, we've had our, our struggles, man. I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, early on I said, listen, I think, I think I'm going to move. I want to move to Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Now, listen, the Hispanic family doesn't move. And if they move, they move to the house right across the street. We just don't move, okay? And so I come like, there's a big world out there. Come on, sweetie, let's go see it. My father-in-law was so angry at me for years. We went round and round. But he never tried to kill me <laughs> that I know of. All right. Whenever we ate dinner, I would switch my food. No, I'm just kidding. He, I didn't do that. But you guys know what I'm saying. But, but so, so he's just, this is this huge trial, right? His fleshly father-in-law literally chased down Jacob to kill him for leaving without letting him know. Right? Jacob couldn't even leave a note. I mean, I mean, there was nothing. So here, here was my thought, right? I was thinking about this. We, what really was, was Laban upset about? I mean, what was he really steamed about? And I started jotting this down. Was it the fact that Jacob left without letting him know? Was it really that? I'm so mad. I'm just so mad. What happened? He left without telling me. He left without, well, what, was it that? I mean, because, or was it the fact that he looked around and some of his household idols were gone. They took my idols. I can't believe that. Whatever it might be. I don't know what he's upset about. Or, or maybe he was just upset because the con artist got conned. What if it's all of it? All we know is he's upset. And we know that he confronted Jacob about leaving, right? About leaving and the idols. Jacob, right? What? And so this was a major trial in Jacob's life. And the Bible records that Jacob was afraid of Laban, and that's why he left secretly. What's the point? Well, if you're taking note, you've heard me say this for the last three weeks. Jot this down. Fear is an awful taskmaster. Fear. When we're afraid of what man will do to us, if we're afraid of what, what's it going to do, guys? Well, here's what it's going to do. It's going to keep you from fulfilling the potential God has for you. I don't know. Sometimes, guys, we create our own view. I don't know. Listen, I feel like God's calling me to do this. I don't know. Step out. No. No, I don't. I don't know. Fear, guys. Fear. I mean, Jacob, it, it, it freaked him out. It freaked him out, right? He was afraid. Oh, man, I got to leave. Listen, we got to get a jump on. Laban's going to go out to work. We got to get a jump on the dude. We got to go. We got to go. He's going to kill me. Well, of course, if God hadn't intervened and, and, in a dream and said, Laban, you don't lay a hand on the boy, who knows what would have happened? But the same God that's protecting Jacob, listen to me, is protecting you each and every single day. The same God is... is now, now, listen, the same God... Listen, the, there's spiritual battles in the heavenlies, guys, that you know nothing about. And God is protecting you. And, and, and you go, well, you know, that was weird. I got behind somebody today, and boy, they were driving slow. I couldn't understand. That was a second, you know. I mean, I mean it's just, it, it, isn't God protecting us at all times? Do you believe that? On Saturday, I was meeting with our accountant, Liz. Liz came up from Amarillo, and we were sitting here. And we got to talking in my office, and we were talking about all the accounting things and what we have to do and everything. And, and really, she got here about 11.30, and when we got done, it was, it was well after 3. 
That's a long time, isn't it? I'm sitting here going, okay. Do you realize that, that, that God had put Liz here? Because right at 2.30, right outside the door on 58th and University, there was a big crash that could have... What if I had left 30 minutes earlier? I don't know, but you can't say that you were going to be in that crash. No, I can't say that, but I know that God is always protecting us. And the same God that is protecting Jacob and has a call on Jacob's life has a call on your life. He has a call on our life. If we'll just submit and say, God, what do you want from us? What do you want? Here's why. Listen, guys, the gospel has to get inside us. Because the gospel changes our thinking, it changes who we are, it changes how we behave, it changes what we say, it changes everything. And sometimes we get a, a watered-down portion of the gospel and, and we change just a little bit, but it didn't change deep inside. And so the gospel's got to get us so much. And as the story goes, back in our text, you guys remember, what did Rachel do? Rachel took the household idols. I mean, think about it. His wife did it. He didn't even know. Right, I, I, I picture the scene. I could imagine, right? Oh, honey, hold on. I forgot something. I'll be right with you. Jacob's like, let's go. Right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about that? You know what I'm talking about? You're in the car. You're about to leave. Your wife says, oh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Or check it out. You're, dry, you're, you're a block away and, you, and, and somebody forgets something. Right? Did you not go to the potty before? I'm telling you what happens, right? That's probably what happened. She's like, um, I'll be right back. Jacob's like, come on, we got to go. I only have a little bit of time. She goes in and she steals the idols. He doesn't know. You know what he tells Laban? He says, whoever has the idol, death, kill him. Well, she hit him, right? Do you guys remember that? She, she hit him when dad searched the tent. So what happens? Well, Jacob and Laban, they make a covenant, right? Here's the covenant. Jacob, you can't go back to Badenaram. You can't go back to Iraq. Okay? You can't go back to Iraq. You can't. Right? Laman says, and so he says, okay, well, if I can't go back, you can't come forward. Okay? This is the mitzvah. This is the witness. You can't go past Gilead. So they, what? They made an oath. They had a meal. Laban kisses his grandkids, and he goes home. Right? So Jacob is literally caught between Iraq and a hard place, right? Between a rack, anyways. Do you guys think about Jacob's life for a moment? I, I think about his life and I think even though Jacob could be, you know, I mean, if Jacob gets afraid or if he's really, if, if Esau, you know, is not repentful or anything else, I mean, he can't go back. He can't go back. And, but maybe he's thinking, well, at least this trial's over. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, another one's about to come. And last week, we learned that as soon as one trial's over, here comes another. Brother Esau is at, is at home waiting to kill him. But God told him to go home. Do you guys remember that? Do you ever get to the place in your walks where you question the Lord? The Lord says something and you're like, but Lord, that doesn't seem practical. Uh, Jacob, yes, sir. I want you to go home. Yeah, but Esau's at home. And last time I saw Esau, he was steamed. Yeah, but I want you to go home. 
Listen, being on a spiritual path does not prevent you from facing the darkness, but it teaches you how to use the darkness as a tool to grow. So you're on the right path. You're on the right path. This is God says, God says, go home. Yes, sir. Go home. Yes, sir. That's what I'm doing. Guys, our path, our journey is to grow and to glorify God in everything we do. That's our path, right? Our path is to abide in Christ and him and us. That's our path. And so, and so here's the thing. It doesn't always mean that it's just going to be smooth sailing, right? It doesn't always mean that we're going to be on cruise control. But what it does mean is that there's going to be some darknesses along the way, but the darkness is to teach us to grow more. Anybody tracking with me on that? Because I was like, man, that's heavy. That's deep. And I know, I know. But I got to be honest with you. My opinion, I don't like it. I'd rather get, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm torn. Because there's a part of me, probably the fleshly part, that says, man, I want to get on this, I want to get on this, 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 amazing walk that's on cruise control and i'm going to sit there and i'm just man it's going to be great i'm going to i'm going to enjoy the the scenery it's going to be good man i just and i'm just going to relax right this is this is how i'm going to do my spiritual life right but nothing happens and so the problem is is that in my spiritual life it's in those dark times is when i really grow as a believer it's in those darkest times when i know who god is You guys know you guys know how a butterfly is formed, right? You guys know how I mean you pretty butterfly, right? What what happens? First of all, it's an ugly caterpillar. Right? It's a hairy ugly caterpillar. It's like right? But what does it do? It goes into a cocoon, right? And then the cocoon, it sits there and it's 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 being morphed, it's changing. But you know where, they, where the bright colors come from and you know how it can fly? is because it struggles to get out of the cocoon. And if you were to help that moth and say, oh, let, or you were to help that, that, that caterpillar, oh, let me help you, you know what you'd have? You wouldn't have a butterfly, you'd have a moth. It may not even fly. You go, Pastor, th- that's a story. What are you trying to say? Here it is. You ready, guys? Some of our struggles in life are simply there to help us grow closer to Jesus. That's what they are. And well-meaning people will come in, let me help you, bro, let me help you. And you go, okay, no, this is something I just got to go through. Guys, in verses 1 through 21, last week we learned a lot about Jacob. We learned that he was ministered by angels. He tries to prepare his brother for, for their arrival, right? He tries to send him, hey, and he wants to soften the blow, if you will. Or maybe he's just kind of feeling the temperature of the whole situation, that sort of thing. He says, he says, speak to my Lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt in Laban and with Laban and I've stayed until now. How many, how many Bible students do I have in here? How many years was Jacob gone? How many? 20 years, 20 years he was gone, okay? And he says, I've been, I've been here 20 years, and in Esau, Esau, I have donkeys and oxen and flocks and male and female servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord that I might find favor in your sight. Of course he's sending, he's like, hey, this is, hey, 
Hey, I'm coming. Are we cool? Are we cool? Are you still, are you still mad? Are you still mad? Are you, is everything all right? That's what he's doing. Hey, I've got stuff. I've got stuff. Listen, I know I stole your blessing, but listen, it's, I'm, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you, bro. But guess what? Guess what Esau responds? He says, tell him I'm coming to meet you with 400 men with me. That's not an email you want to get, right? That's not a text you want to get. Hey, is everything okay? We're coming to talk. Oh, and I'm bringing 400 guys with me. 400. (sighs) Here's what happens when we get news like that. Here's what happens. In our lives, guys, we already process the the emotions before the actual thing happens. Do you, you guys know what I'm talking about? Man, if you if you get a phone call, I mean, it it, it was like, but like, like I heard this story, right? There was an angry man called the pastor up, and he was angry, and something the pastor had said, and and he he gets the phone call, and the guy is so upset, and he says, "I'm coming over to your house right now," and then he goes on to tell the story that he said, "Man, and what pursued was awful, just amazing." The guy, he came and he was pounding the door, and I had to call the cops, and and he wouldn't go away, and finally he broke in, and I took my bat, and I had beat him, and the cops came in, and they arrested me because I had beaten this guy, and he. Was was, you know, and he tells this whole story, and he said, all of that was true up until I hung up the phone. The rest I had already played out in my mind. Everything, I mean, he, the guy came over, they had a nice chat, but you guys know what I'm saying. We play out scenarios in our mind even before they happen. Why? Why do we do that? Here's why. Listen, guys, we, we got to remember first and foremost that the devil is a liar. And he's gonna, and he wants to communicate lies. So, well, you're this, and you're that. This is gonna happen. That's gonna happen. This, and we get so afraid that it paralyzes us, and so we're just like, oh no, 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 no. And this is what's gonna happen, right? How many of us? And you don't have to answer. How many of us have played out scenarios how it's gonna go down? Exactly what they say, what you say, what they say, what you say, and go down, and none of that happens. And it actually turns out pretty cool. That happens a lot to me. I think Jacob's doing that. Hey, 400 men. Oh, no. Well, how do you know he's already, pre- he's already preparing, right? He's already preparing. Okay, so this freaks Jacob out, right? So what does he do? He divides his caravan. He says, okay, so if he's got 400 men, I'm going to put you guys over here, and I'm going to put you guys over here. Okay, this way if he attacks, if he attacks here, well, sorry for you, but you guys will live. And if he attacks over here, well, it's nice knowing you. But you guys live. That's what he's thinking. That's what he's doing. He's, he's really just trying to do this. And, and then he runs to God in prayer. And in verses 9 through 12, we see an amazing prayer. Notice his prayer. Listen. He says, deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother, of, and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered in multitude. Everybody give me an amen. Because that's a great prayer, is it not? He asks for help. Lord, I, here's what I love. I love the honesty in his prayer. God, I'm scared. Oh, it's really freaking me out. My, my brother, he's, I'm so scared. And he, he's going to kill me. And he's going to kill me. But then, and then he prays the word of God back to him. He says, but you said... You said, and I love that. There's some great points for us, guys. Be honest with the Lord when you pray. Be honest. If you're freaked out, be freaked out. 
If you're scared, be scared. Right? Here's the funny part. You know how we as humans, we won't tell God something, but we'll think it like he doesn't know what we think? Well, I would never say that to God. But you're thinking it, so he knows. Do you think it's funny when people say, I'm angry at God. I was angry at God. Like, like if you get angry with God, he's going to be like, oh, really? I'll show you. I'll show you angry. Be honest with God. Share. I mean, this is Jacob. He's going, man, I am really. Listen, there are things in our lives that we just need to share with God and cry out to him. And then we pray back his promises, Lord, but you said, you told me you would never leave me nor forsake me. Promise, Lord. Are you God or not? Okay, then I trust you. After this amazing prayer, notice what Jacob does. You go, what's that? It's what any normal human seems to do. Right after this awesome heartfelt prayer, Jacob goes back to his own strategies once again. You go, what? Are we like that or what? Right? We'll have, we will, we will pray heaven down, man. We will feel the presence of God. We'll get up in our flesh and try to resolve the problem ourselves. God, you promised. Okay, let me see. See what I can do. I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this. What should have Jacob done? Jacob should have just said, man, Lord, you promised. I'm going to stand on this promise. Let's move out. But he's human. I love that. And here's what I love about the word of God, guys, is that he doesn't sugarcoat that. It doesn't sugarcoat. It wasn't, it wasn't like, like Jacob is this just, I mean, it's just us. It's just us. It's just us. Now, before Jacob, guys, is confronted by his brother Esau, he has an amazing encounter with God. And if you're taking notes, guys, again, I'm calling this message, let's get ready to rumble. Why? Because we're going to take a fresh look at the wrestling match between God and Jacob. Okay? So that's where we are tonight. Verse 22. And he says this, and he arose at night and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the fort of Jabuk. And he took them and sent them over the brook and he sent over what he had. Okay, so guys, remember, Jacob has this amazing prayer. He sets the companies aside, but he goes one more step, right? He says, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. And, and if you're taking note, guys, the Jabuk is, the Jabuk is a, a river that flows into the Jordan River um, that comes into the Jordan. It's about 25 miles north of the Dead Sea. Now, why do I point that out? Because if you go with us to Israel next year, you can actually know that there's a place right there. And say, oh, yeah, that's, this is where he did that. So what does he do? Well, Jacob sends a gift to Esau, right? And that's what he does. He says, here's the present. And then he takes his family and he goes, now you go over here for safety reasons. Okay, that's what he does. Here's the gift. I hope you're okay. You guys go this way. I don't know if you noticed it or not, guys, but if you're taking note, you can see that there's a wrestling match going on in Jacob already. 
You go, well, no, I thought he was wrestling with God. No, no, he's already wrestling. Why? Because Laban is gone, and he can't go home. Esau is coming with 400 men, and the struggle is real. Why? Because he says, I've divided my people in case one gets attacked, and I've sent my family over the river so Esau can't find them, and now I'm here alone. I'm here alone. Think of the struggle in his mind already. The struggle in Jacob's life, even before he wrestles with God, what's he doing? He's wrestling with himself. Now, here's what I want to point out. The text doesn't say this, but think about what Jacob could be wrestling with. You go, what's that? Think about this. The fact that all of his life was not what he wanted it to be. Either he didn't know or he didn't trust the God of Abraham or Isaac. He stole the blessings that God had promised him already. Now, due to his foolishness, 20 years later, he has put his whole family in danger. You see, Jacob is wrestling, but he's wrestling with himself. And the point I want to make of this, and, and I could see it, guys, I could see it in my mind's eye, but, but here's the point I want to make. You ready? If you're taking note, here's what I want you to see. We all make mistakes. We all, we all make bad choices. We all turn a deaf ear to God at times. Amen. But that doesn't define us. Because we're a bunch of wonderful misfits who are forgiven and loved, whose past has been erased, whose lives are sanctified upon the cross of Jesus Christ. Guys, the point is, don't wrestle with yourself about your past. Give it to God. Let it go. I'm going to start singing, let it go from a brother. I'm telling you right now, let it go. Move forward. What the enemy wants to do, guys, with our past and the choices we've made is he wants to cripple us and he wants to define us. Well, that's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. You can't go any, you can't move forward because this is who you are. No, 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 no. Listen, we've all made bad choices. We've all made dumb mistakes, Okay. We've all said, we've all just, we've, we, God is speaking and we haven't heard him. We haven't obeyed him. And, and, is it just me? Are you going to leave me all up here or can I get an amen? amen. Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me just say this, okay, for the record. I have made more mistakes as a Christian than I did as a non-believer. But it doesn't define me. Are there things that I wish I could go back and change? Absolutely. And I wish I could go back and change. I wouldn't do that again. Boy, that was, oh. There's consequences to my choices and my sin, but it doesn't define me. You know who defines me? Jesus. And that's, that's, what, that, that's what he's struggling with, guys. And so maybe you're just like Jake. Maybe you're struggling and you're just like, man, I know, because if I could have just fixed this, I could have changed that. Uh, listen, is God God or not? Has God brought you out here or not? Is he walking with you or not? That's the whole point, man. Do you trust him? I do. Well, then trust him. Trust him. Trust him. 
was just a few years into our planting of this church. I was working 45, 50 hours a week, trying to do a Sunday night, doing a Wednesday night, studying in my breaks, and, and, and I was just like, uh, Now, here's the thing, okay? If you're going to go into the ministry, if you're going to go into the ministry, get out of debt. That's the first thing, okay? So that you can take, uh, you can take a, a less paying job so you can build up the ministry. If you have debt and you have a certain lifestyle, then you have to make a job and you have to make so much money. So that's the first thing, get out of debt. Well, we came out here, I was zealous, you know, and, and I wasn't out of debt, so I had to take a job that paid a lot of money. But when they pay you a lot of money, they actually want you to work a lot of hours. And so I came out here and I said, hey, man, I didn't. I remember calling my leadership. I remember calling my pastor. I remember calling some guys and going, listen, I didn't come out to Lubbock to work 45 hours, man. I, I don't get to see my family. You know, we have two dinners. They eat first. And then by the time I get home, this is crazy, man. I came out to plant the church. If I'm not, if, if, and so you know what their advice was? Quit. You want me to quit? Quit. Well, God, everybody kind of told me quit. Trust you. Okay. So I did. So I quit. That was the hardest time of my life. I couldn't get a job. I couldn't. I, it was so funny. I'd go to. I'd go to. I'd go to these jobs, and they would tell me, "Well, you're one of two. I'm like, "Yes, one of two. That's awesome." And I'd never get the job. And I was so frustrated. I'm God. What are you doing? Here's what God was doing. You ready? When you're, if, if you're going to say you're going to trust God with everything, then God's going to build the man before he builds the church. And so God began to, he had some stuff he had to deal with me specifically. We saw our savings go down. I mean, it was, it was I mean, it was, and it was almost like the Lord lovingly said, do you trust me? And I said, no, Lord, I don't. He goes, I know. Now let's now let's let's work on that. So if we're going to trust the Lord, we need to trust the Lord. We need to say yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Don't wrestle with your past, guys. Give it to God. The I coulda, woulda, shoulda, but didn't. It's done. Don't let it define you. So what happens? Look at verse 20, 24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. So here we go. Okay, remember, if you're taking note, it takes two to wrestle. So let's unpack this verse. What's the first thing we see? Jacob was alone. This is key. Okay, if you have a pencil handy and you're not afraid to write in your neighbor's Bible or, or take their iPhone and highlight it, then go ahead and, and highlight this. Why? Because it's so important. Why? Here's why. You ready? So many times God wants to get us alone and quiet before he speaks to us. When you're going to wrestle with the problems of your life, it's important to get alone with God. When we get alone, God is able to speak in that still, small voice, and he often asks us those hard questions. Now, I got to be honest with you, okay? It's it's super hard to get alone and quiet before God. It, it just is. Why? Listen, we have so much noise in our lives. So much noise. It almost Okay, I got to be careful here, okay? Got to be careful. It almost Everybody say almost. 
takes a trial to get in a position to be still and to know that God is God. I'm not saying that it takes a trial every time in your life for God to get a hold of you, but I know that at times it does. How so? The, the children of Israel are a great example, right? Right? Do you think about the children of Israel in the Exodus when they came out of Egypt? What happened? Right? They're, they're having a good time, man. They're, we're going to the promised land. Everybody, right? The spoils of Egypt. They can't even carry it. Look at this. I can't wait to find a quickie mart to buy a... Look at this. I got money. I got... And, and they're all excited. The problem is, is they get to the Red Sea and now they're like, oh, well, what are we going to do here? Moses, what are we going to do? Mo, Mo, there's a, there's a Red Sea. And then all of a sudden they hear the pursuing Egyptians, right? I love the movie. It's like, it sounds like thunder. That's not thunder. Those are horses, right? I love that. But, but they can't go back because the Egyptians want to kill them. What are they going to do? What would you do? How many of you, how many of you would jump in the sea, start to swim? Right? How far can I get? Right? Well, you can't. Well, they have three viable options. Amen? Three viable. You go, what are they? Well, one of them is um, basically they could surrender and go back to Egypt. Okay. Let's go. Sorry. And then they'd be, you guys know that. that. That's a viable option. They could surrender. They could fight and die on the seashore of the Red Sea. Let's fight the Egyptians. Or they could be still and know and trust the living God. You guys know what happened? Da, 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 right? He parts the Red Sea. Is God God or not? Here, here's some great application for us. You ready? Here's the first application. Get alone with God. Listen to what he says. And even more with that, even more than that, when you're alone with him, get to know him in those quiet times. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to feel his breath. That's how close I want you to get. I want you to feel his breath on your face. How do I need to do that? You ready? Kill the noise. If you know your phone goes off in your devotion time, kill the noise. Whoever needs to get a hold of you can wait for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but you got to turn that off. Guys, we're so prone to getting our phones and looking and, and oh, well, let me just look that up. Let me, that was a, that's a great verse. We got to be so careful. Kill the noise, right? Get alone with God. God, what do you want to say? Turn off, listen, turn off those things that keep screaming the loudest. You go, Ben, that's my children. Well, don't, you know, don't turn off your children. You know what I mean? But, but if you're going to get alone with God, you need to get alone with God. Okay, you need to refresh yourself in his presence. You need to refresh, you need to, listen, that's what we need to do, guys. We need to get alone. Jacob is alone, right? So what happens? Now Jacob's alone, his family's over there, he's all alone. It's in those quiet times that God really speaks. Well, what happens in our text? Well, a man wrestled with him. Do you guys see that? And if you have a New King James Version, you'll notice that man is capitalized, right? It's capitalized, meaning basically there's, there's something more here. Well, actually, in, in, in the book of Hosea, in recounting this uh, account here, it's actually called an angel. So Hosea chapter 12, you don't, you don't have to turn there, just listen. Hosea 12, 3 through 5, it says, And he took his brother by the heel in the womb, who are we talking about? Jacob. And 
his strength is he stro- and in his strength he struggled with God. Yes, he struggled with an angel and prevailed. Now, angel is capitalized. Okay? So it wasn't just Michael the archangel or anyone else. It says, now listen, he wept and he sought favor from him and found him in Bethel, and there he spoke to us. That is the Lord God of hosts, the Lord is his memorable name. That's what Hosea says, okay? So both are capitalized. What are you saying? This was, guys, evidently this was what we call a theophany or a Christophany. It's a pre-incarnate Christ. This is who Jacob is wrestling with. This is who he's wrestling with, okay? But according to Isaiah, now listen, it says that he struggled also involved in agonizing prayer. He wrestled with the angel and prevailed, but he wept and he sought favor from him. So his wrestling wasn't, I mean, he, was, he really was wrestling, okay? He was whatever. But the wrestling was a lot of internal through prayer, and he wept and he was crying out. And you go, okay, so what does that mean? Well, the second application that I want to draw to your attention, guys, you ready? The first one is get alone with God, but you can jot this down. Be authentic with God. Be authentic with God. Listen, we don't have to settle for superficial things in our relationship with God. In Hosea 12, there was much prayer and weeping that night. For what reason? For God to strip away everything superficial in Jacob's life. Authenticity is what we are lacking most in this world. And so when we say, you ready? Pray through it, it means be authentic with God. Be real. God, strip away. Strip away those things that need to be stripped away. Strip away. God, I want, I'm just, this is, this is who I am. Take the chisel and take those things that, that aren't pleasing to you. Here, here's what I love. Remember the song we sing? Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Again, that's some great application, right? Be authentic. Wrestle with God. Pray through it. Well, it takes two to wrestle, does it not? So we see Jacob struggle, but why did God wrestle with Jacob? Okay, you ready? In the middle of the struggle between creator and creature, this struggle, whether neither side is giving in, I could imagine God saying to Jacob, as he says to us, quote, I only want what's best for you. Why don't you listen to me? I imagine God saying, don't you know, I only have your best intentions at heart. Why do you keep fighting me at every turn? See, God is wrestling with us, and there's a lot of times. And so here's my thought, okay? Here's my thought. Why did God make such an effort to struggle between man and divine? Why did he make such an effort, right? Why does God struggle to wrestle with us at all? Well, think about it. Why doesn't he just let Jacob go? Why is it all night long, right? Why doesn't he say, forget it, Jacob. You're not listening. You, you know what? I'm be done with you. Just go. Just go. Why? Listen, this is so good. You ready? He wrestles with us 
because he wants to produce a change in us that will glorify his name in all the earth. This is why he won't let you go. Well, I just don't. No, here here it is. He wants to produce a change in us that will glorify his name in all the earth. There's too much at stake for God to simply let go and let us have our own way. The moment you gave your life to Jesus, the moment you became a Christian, is the moment God says, okay, let's go toe to toe. And he begins to wrestle with us to make us everything that we ought to be. You know where the, you know where the struggle comes in, right? When we're not obedient, when we're not listening, when God goes, hey, why, why don't you do this? Uh, I, think I, I think I know better than you, God. And it's that wrestle. You guys tracking with me? I mean, we wrestle with God, but when God wrestles with us, we're, he's trying to get us. He's trying to get the best version of us. Here's what I love about the text. You go, what's that? Jacob walks away changed, different. He even has a different walk. Look at verse, 30, look at verse 25. He says, now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. You guys see that? Wow. God allowed himself to be overcome by Jacob, yet changed his walk. What does that mean? Here's what I want you to see. This wasn't a dream. Okay. How so? Because now he's, his walk is different. He's actually walking with a limp. Okay? It wasn't a dream. He literally wrestled with God. And now his walk is different. His walk is different. Okay, listen. God used the wrestling match to break Jacob's hard and rebellious exterior. All that was left was Jacob clinging to the Lord saying, I surrender. I surrender. You go, what's the third application? Here's some great application for us. You ready? When you spend time with God, when you wrestle with God and he with you, your walk will be different. In other words, you won't be the same person. Listen, we can modify our behavior. Okay, we can modify that. Everybody can modify their behavior. I remember, I remember I, I, I'd learned when I first got saved at 17, I learned all the modern, uh, the, the Christianity, the vocabulary. I learned how to say, God bless you, sister. I learned how to say, hallelujah. I learned to say, amen. I, I could modify my behavior, but when you wrestle with God in the journey, what's going to happen, guys, is your walk is going to become different. It's going to become different. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Your whole walk is different, man. But it's only through our struggles, guys, listen to me, that we get a different walk. It's only through our struggles that we get a different walk. Verse 26, he said, let me go for the day breaks. And he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Well, in the Hebrew, it's Hakobo. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God 
and men and have prevailed. Did you see what happened right here? God just changed his name. God changes his walk. He changes his name. He asked them, what's your name? You know what his name means? Heel catcher, deceiver. That's what Jacob means. Heel catcher, deceiver. He says, not anymore. Now you're going to be Israel, which means God strives or God rules. One who strives with God. Now, I don't know if you do this, but if if you guys don't mind writing in your Bible, I want you to see that God is giving us the gospel message right here. The gospel of Jesus Christ is played out. Why? Why? Listen. Because he, his name is changed. Okay? Let me see if you've been paying attention. What did he change his name to? Good. Israel. What was his name? You guys are awesome. Okay? Y'all get A pluses in my class. Yes. You go, Ben, where's the gospel message? Here's what we know about Jacob. His name is changed. He's now Israel. Okay, he has a different walk. He's got a limp, but spiritually he's, he's got a walk. He's, he's different. He's different. Okay, you could say you you could say um, you could say that Israel saved. He's saved. He got saved. He met Jesus. He got saved. He got saved. He saved. Well, we're, yeah. Okay. What's the gospel? Here it is. You ready? His name Jacob is used seventy nine times after the name changed compared to the 36 times Israel is used. You go, okay, I'm not sure what you see. Here's the gospel. There's still plenty of the old man left. Why? Because the gospel is progressive sanctification. Our name is changed. You you, you change. You're no longer Joe Mabry. You're a believer. You're a Christian. Your name is changed. Okay? Your walk is different. Testimony from Joe, maybe. Your walk is different. You've changed. You've changed. People who know Joe scratch their head. Wow, that's not who Joe... Man, you know? Anyway, I won't go there. But But the point is here. Help me, Brother Joe. We still have plenty of old in us. And we're working that out, aren't we? I'm like, wow. There's the gospel. Why? Because, man, God changed your name. He has a plan for your life. You have a different walk. And sometimes the old you, the old Jacob, stands up like, I'm not going anywhere. No, no, you, you're Israel. I'm still Jacob. And, and then we see that. And that's why Jesus had to die. Because, because if, I name change, if, if the name is going to change permanently, then it's going to be from me, not you. Not you. I, just, I love that. I love that the gospel is on there, in there. Then Jacob asked, tell me your name. I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? Notice he doesn't tell him. He blessed him there. So Jacob called, him the, he called the name of the place Penuel, for I've seen God face to face and my life is preserved. So here's what I want you to take note. The man slash angel was God. Jacob says, I have seen God face to face. I have wrestled with him, and I'm a different man. Here's what I want you to see. I'm not perfect, but I'm on my way. But I'm on my way. Why? Well, that's exactly us, guys. Listen, we have seen God face to face. He's touched our hearts. We've wrestled with him, and we're different but we're not there yet.
Because what comes after progressive sanctification? Glorification. See, Jacob is now glorified. He's in the presence of the Lord. You and I, we're not there yet. Will we still make mistakes? Oh, yeah. Will we say dumb stuff? Oh, man, yes. Will we do dumb stuff? Oh, you won't believe it. But but that's the gospel. Here's the last application for our lives, guys. Make sure you have a place. Make sure you have your penuel. You go, what do you mean? Somewhere you meet face-to-face with God. To work through things in your life. To get real with God. You go, Pastor, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, here's the thing. Make sure you have a place, guys, where you can get alone. You can get secluded. Maybe there's a place in your house where you can get away and say, this is my, this is my place where I meet with God. Or maybe, right, wherever it is, wherever it is, make sure you have one. I said, man, I just like to drive out, and I like to just sit under the stars, and this is where I pray, and this is where I meet God face to face. Have your place where you regularly go to meet with God. You can feel it. You can feel it. I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't talked to God in a while. I haven't talked to God in a while. I got I to gotta, I gotta cry out to him. I got I to gotta hear his voice. I read somewhere today that said, guys, that basically if you feel like God isn't speaking, he's not going to speak in with a closed Bible. You got to have it open. You got to meet with him face to face. God, show me. Show me in your word. Teach me. Help me to grow. Help me to grow. Where's your place? Oh, it's a recliner in my home. That's awesome. You meet with the Lord there? I meet with the Lord there. Is it a place where you can just, that's just, where, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, it's a nice little, that's my quiet time chair. Some people call it a war room. And it's a place where you meet, where you meet God, where you have your little place where you pray, and that's where you meet God and you see him. Just have one. Just have one. That's what Jacob is telling us. Verse 31 says, And he crossed over to Penuel, the sun rose on him. He limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shank, that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip and the muscle that shrank. So verse 32, he just sort of gives us a, oh, by the way, this is why the children of Israel don't eat that. It's because this is very, very important. But let me close with this, okay? Jacob has had this amazing encounter with God. Amen? Oh, woo! Great application for us, guys. I mean, this is amazing encounter. This soul-feeling presence of the Lord, right? He wrestled with him. It's morning. Things have worked out. Healing in my heart. This is amazing. But Jacob is still, I mean, but Esau's still on his way. Time out, God. I thought we worked it out. Come on, man. I should have got, got a text by now that said Esau decided not to come. I thought you were working it out, God. No, no, no. He's going to work you out because he's still got a bigger plan. Esau's on his way. So here's the question. Will there be forgiveness or will there be fighting? You have to come back. 
in the scripture. Okay. Let me give you four things that we talked about that we can apply to our lives and then we'll close, okay? Number one, get alone with God. Listen to what he says, kill the noise. Get alone with God. We say it's easy to do, but it's not. You gotta get alone with the Lord. Number two, be authentic with God. Be authentic, be real, guys, be genuine. Pray through it, pray through it. If you're going to say, hey, let me pray through that. Let me, let me just pray. I want to pray through that. Pray through it. Get real. God, listen, here, here, here's some of the things that I see. Here's some of the pitfalls. Here's some of the outcomes. Here's what's going on. God, I'm just honest. Strip away those things that are, that are not pleasing to you. Number three, our walks, our behavior, our conduct should be different. Should be different. You guys are walking with the creator of the universe, man. It should be different. And last but not least, we learned have your own very have your very own penuel. A place where you can be with God. And Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth in your word. We worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.